Hello folks, and welcome back to the History of Egypt podcast. Episode 137b, The Tomb of Nefertiti. This is a brief side episode. We explore one question and one question only. Where is the tomb of Nefertiti? Since 2015, scholars and researchers have been pursuing a hypothesis. Is the tomb of Nefertiti, queen and king of Egypt, hidden in the Valley of the Kings? Specifically, is it located behind a wall in the tomb of Tutankhamun? The idea of a secret chamber has made headlines, prompted studies, and produced plenty of speculation. Let's dive into this matter briefly, and see what it's all about. The year was 1344 BCE. Nefer-Neferu-Aten, aka Nefertiti, was dead. The king of Egypt passed away in her third regnal year, maybe a bit later. When she died, Nefertiti went to her burial. As a king of Egypt, Nefertiti should have received a royal monument, a magnificent tomb, and lavish treasures. And under normal circumstances, she might have built that tomb in the Valley of the Kings. Alternatively, she could have made a monument at Arket Aten, the royal capital, where she wielded most of her power. Either way, Nefertiti's tomb probably did not get very far. The king died quite early, just three years into her reign. So her monument would be in its early stages, when the burial was suddenly due. With that in mind, Nefertiti's tomb is probably quite small. There are a couple of unfinished tombs at the city of Arket Aten, Amana. Some short passageways near the tomb of Akhenaten might belong to Nefertiti. They are preliminary, early diggings, without any chambers. So the new king might have started a tomb at Arket Aten, but they quickly abandoned it. From there, Nefertiti could have gone to the Valley of the Kings. I won't beat around the bush. If you are listening, it is probably for one reason. You want to know about the Hidden Chambers Hypothesis. In 2015, an Egyptologist named Nicholas Reeves published an article titled The Burial of Nefertiti? In this study, Reeves examined high-resolution photographs of the tomb of Tutankhamun. An organisation called Factum Arte had done high-resolution photography in this monument, to preserve the images that were there, and to facilitate digital research. Reeves was looking at photos of the burial chamber, the cramped space in which the king's sarcophagus, coffins, and mummy originally lay. The burial chamber and the tomb of Tutankhamun are a little bit strange. Architecturally, they do not fit conventional royal designs of this historical period. 
Reeves knew that, and studying this chamber and the high-resolution photographs, he observed some material that suggested that the tomb still had secrets. Reeves argued that the burial chamber of Tutankhamun secretly contains doors leading to passages or chambers deeper in the rock. The author argued that, possibly, these chambers were the tomb of Nefer-Neferu-Aten, Nefertiti, the king of Egypt. In this scenario, the queen-king's mummy could still await discovery. It may yet rest in the Valley of the Kings. The core of Reeves's argument came from an observation. Studying those high-res photos, he noticed that the walls of the burial chamber had a couple of irregularities. At certain spots, the paint and the plaster on the walls still had the faint outlines of doors. This suggested that, originally, the tomb of Tutankhamun had other corridors and passageways leading off the burial chamber. In other words, Reeves hypothesized that the paintings in Tut's tomb might conceal other rooms. Reeves also reminded the audience that the tomb of Tutankhamun has an abnormal design. But its architectural layout might be similar to the tomb of a queen. Basically, he suggested that hidden corridors might lead off the burial chamber in a pattern that is consistent with the tombs of royal women. If that is the case, Reeves said, then the tomb might hide a royal lady. Reeves's proposition was an immediate public relations success. The Ministry of Antiquities commissioned scientific researchers using ground-penetrating radar to scan the tomb of Tutankhamun. Three separate projects, each led by a different team, studied the tomb one after another. Did they find anything? Well, yes and no. The first scan suggested there might be cavities in the rock, but the methodology on that one was criticised. The second scan returned a negative result. They did not find anything. A third scan suggested there might be cavities, but these were probably natural, and it didn't reach a firm conclusion. By 2018, the results overall seemed to say no. What does this mean? It is possible that the tomb of Tutankhamun was supposed to have additional chambers that the original design called for more passageways and more rooms. The architects might even have started to plan these, or even started to outline them. But when Tutankhamun died unexpectedly, work on his tomb stopped, and the builders might have covered up the doorways to finish off the burial chamber. Basically, the shadowy outlines of doors might be genuine, but that does not mean they are hiding secret chambers. At the time I am recording this, it seems unlikely that Tutankhamun's tomb hides a secret burial. But never say never, and the story is not over yet. In early 2020, another scanning project gave its results to the Ministry of Antiquities. This report was later published by the journal Nature. 
According to the report, further scans in another part of Tutankhamun's tomb indicated there might be a corridor located in the bedrock. According to their scans, the tomb of Tutankhamun might have a neighbour. What does this mean? Well, basically, the idea is that the tomb of Tutankhamun might have another monument next to it. A tomb so far undiscovered. This might sound strange. The tomb of Tutankhamun is so famous. How could another monument lie right next door and go undiscovered for so long? Well, the Valley of the Kings is much larger than people realise. And more importantly, a lot of the ground is covered in debris. The Egyptians built tombs in this valley for centuries. And when the ancient workers were digging all of those corridors and chambers out of the hillside, they tended to carry the loose limestone away and dump it on the ground. In other words, the tomb builders chucked a lot of stone waste out into the valley floor. And over time, the Valley of the Kings accumulated a lot of limestone debris. It is possible that tombs are still undiscovered beneath some of that waste. Archaeologists have not covered every inch of the valley, not by a long shot. So a tomb could be located next to that of Tutankhamun. It is not impossible. However, I think we should hold our horses and not get too excited. For one thing, it's going to take a while to gather the scientific team necessary to do another scan. Secondly, the analysts have to agree that there's something there. All of that has to happen and go through government approval before they can start digging. So if there is another tomb, which is uncertain, it's going to take a while to investigate. Archaeology moves slowly. And when you're dealing with the Valley of the Kings and monuments that are this famous and important, you have to be certain. So in 2021, it is possible that there is a tomb next to that of Tutankhamun, one that has not been discovered yet. But is this the tomb of Nefertiti? Well, that's actually more complicated than you might realise. If the tomb of Nefertiti is not hidden in the tomb of Tutankhamun, then where could it be? Well, this part is complicated. You see, it is quite likely that Nefertiti, the king of Egypt, did not actually enjoy a king's burial. After her passing, Nefertiti might have been demoted and buried as a regular old queen. How do we know this? Well, again, it has to do with the tomb of Tutankhamun. When it came to light in 1922, the tomb of Tutankhamun was a sensation. Nearly 100 years later, scholars continue to analyse and document the thousands of objects found in that monument. The work of studying and publishing Tutankhamun's tomb is not done, not by a long shot. But recently, close examination of the burial goods has turned up some interesting observations. It seems that Tutankhamun was buried with goods that originally belonged to Nefertiti. 
In 2015, Reeves published another article, besides the study of Tutankhamun's tomb. This time, he published a study of Tutankhamun's treasures, specifically the king's golden mask. The mask of Tutankhamun is famous, that beautiful image of the boy king. Well, looking at the mask more closely, Reeves, along with Professor Mark Gabold, noticed some curious features. Gabold and Reeves have found that many of Tutankhamun's treasures originally bore the names of Nefer Neferu Aten. This is the name of Nefertiti as king of Egypt. The mummy mask of Tutankhamun has cartouches on the shoulders. Those cartouches still bear the trace of an old name, an original carving that was replaced with the name Tutankhamun. Etched in the gold are the faint markings of Nefer Neferu Aten. This suggests that originally the mask was commissioned for the queen. It does not mean that the face of this mask belongs to Nefer Neferu Aten. That part was made and attached later. Instead, it means that the basic part of the mask, the shoulders and the headdress, were probably commissioned when Nefer Neferu Aten was pharaoh. Why did Nefertiti not get to use this mask? Well, she might have died too early. The mask of Tutankhamun is a masterpiece, and it would probably take a long time to make something that beautiful, precise, and intricate. So perhaps the golden mask was not ready when the king died, and the mourners had to improvise to assemble her goods. Alternatively, perhaps Nefertiti, Nefer Neferu Aten, did not enjoy the treasures of a kingly burial. Perhaps, after her death, the next generation decided to deny her a kingly status. They might have buried her as a queen. In this scenario, the mummy of Nefertiti might have gone into a different tomb, and it's possible that we already have that mummy. One body that could be that of Nefertiti is known as the Younger Lady. This was discovered in a royal cache and now resides in the Cairo Museum. The Younger Lady might be that of Nefertiti, and we explored questions about this in episode 137. Basically, when Nefertiti died, she might have gone into a different tomb. Later, her mummy was transferred to a royal cache and later discovered. There's a lot of uncertainty there, but it is possible that's what happened. Then again, there are still some questions. I think we should note something important. If the mummy of Nefertiti survives, and if the treasures of Tutankhamun contain objects originally designed for Nefertiti, then it seems less likely her tomb is in, or next to, that of Tutankhamun. In other words, if we have Nefertiti's mummy, then it's less likely her tomb is hidden somewhere. And if she did not receive kingly treasures, like the golden mask and other parts from Tutankhamun's burial, then it also seems less likely that she got a king's tomb. Basically, we have a hypothesis about her tomb, but we also have hypotheses about her burial and her mummy. And those three things might contradict one another. 
So the tomb of Nefertiti, the burial of Nefertiti, and the mummy of Nefertiti might be discovered, or they might not. For now, every single one of these questions has an uncertain answer, but any one of them could contradict or cancel the other one out. Hopefully, scanning and excavation in the Valley of the Kings will provide some sort of conclusion to the saga of Nefertiti's tomb. It all sounds fabulous, and obviously people are excited about the idea. Imagine discovering a new burial right next to Tutankhamun, more chambers filled with gold, and there, the mummy of Nefertiti herself. It sounds great, and people are justifiably excited by the idea. By comparison, the idea that the mummy of Nefertiti is already discovered, and lying in Cairo Museum, that version of the story is a lot more boring. The challenge for researchers is to ignore that feeling of excitement, and take things calmly, slowly, and cautiously. We are dealing with monuments of great antiquity, immense tourist value, and powerful symbolism for the people of Egypt. We have to treat that with respect, we have to proceed with caution. Fundamentally, this is a question of scientific data and research. It's going to take time, you might not be satisfied with the answer, but hopefully we can arrive at some truth. Thank you for listening to the History of Egypt podcast. The show will return in one week with episode 138, in which we explore the lost women of Amarna, the powerful ladies who lived at Akhenaten's court and yet disappeared from history after his death. That is our next chapter. I'll see you soon. Take care, and may Hathor, the lady of the western horizon, bless you. <laughs>